to, to um, reach them as well into that space. Hey church, we are in um, the final installment of our series, The Holy Spirit. Four weeks have flown past. Are you excited about the word? Great, for two. That's excited. The rest of us, uh, I hope um, you're going to get excited. Um, we, we, we've dived into, into this series about the Holy Spirit and, and who He is, and, and we've just um, talked about a, a couple of things over these past uh, three weeks, and, and today, week four, and if you did not get the chance to be here, um, I just want to invite you to go on Facebook or, or YouTube and just go and watch the messages or podcast. Uh, so that you can just have a, a greater understanding of who he is. But let's just for the last time read our uh, key verses um, for this series. And it's in Acts 19 verses 1 to 2. It says the following. Uh, While Apollo, uh, Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through to the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit, when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And I think there's a lot of us here tonight also, maybe that, that would have been our answer, no. We know God the Father, and it's, it's probably easier to, to relate to God as a father because we have an earthly father. Uh, and, and we know him and, and how he operates. Some of us do struggle to relate with God as, as a loving father because maybe you didn't have an earthly loving father and, and we prayed healing into that space and, and I'm still praying for you uh, if you're struggling to relate to him as, as a loving father. But God is and, and we know God the Son, uh, but, but sometimes we struggle to know him as God, the Holy Spirit, and, and probably just because of the packaging. We're not sure about the packaging and, and, and who he is. And, and just because there, there's some weird stuff out there. And over the last three weeks, we've said to each other, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People is weird. People are weird. They are. They do weird stuff. You can just go and Google stuff and it's going to be weird. There's, there's some jackets flying around. There's there's, there's, there's all kinds of things and, and people running and, and pushing and it's, it's, it just becomes a show. And that's not who he is. And over the past three weeks, we've, we've just uh, explained some words so that we can understand the Holy Spirit. We, we've started in week one in, in the word of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? And we use the Hebrew word, which is ruach. Ruach, or, or the Greek word we find in the Bible for, for Holy Spirit, which is pneuma. It literally means a breath of fresh air. Who's the Holy Spirit? He's a breath of fresh air. He's the wind in our sails. He's the one that helps us. When, when we find ourselves in the doldrums of life, it's the Holy Spirit's uh, power that, that comes over us and that helps us. He's a breath of fresh air. Second week. Uh, we've uh, just uh, in, engaged into, into this word, the meaning of Pentecost, because sometimes we, it's, it can be a scary word just because we don't know the word. But we, we told each other that the Pentecost is just a Jewish 
festival, a, a Jewish holiday, um, and it becomes, they celebrate it 50 days after the Passover, 50 days, and Pentecost literally means 50. Scary, I know. 50. That's Pentecost. Last week, we talked about to understand spiritual gifts, uh, and, and our main word was charismatic. What is charismatic and the meaning about charismatic? Uh, 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 and some of us not sure what that, that word means because some people became charismaniacs. And some people, the word charismatic only means grace gifts. Meaning the Holy Spirit has some gifts for us to function in. And without that gifts, we can't live out to the full and life to the full. We, we can't experience fulfillment without the grace gifts of God. And we have a calling on this life and in this life. And without His gifts in our lives, we won't be able to live out our calling. We need His gifts. And tonight, we're going to end off this series uh, and speaking uh, about to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to, to understand this context, we, we need to go, a, again, a bit teachy tonight, uh, hopefully a bit preachy at the end. But we have to understand a word called baptism. We have to understand that word. To understand, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to understand the word baptism. So the Greek word is baptistimo. That literally means to be immersed, to be immersed, meaning to, to, to go under, to be fully immersed. That's the word. So you, you may ask, but Zalvin, I grew up Lutheran. They, they, they didn't immerse us. They, they sprinkled us. Uh, what does that mean? There's, there's, there's no word in the Bible, no word in the Bible to sprinkle someone with water. There's no word. It's a, it's a church rule that came with the Catholic Church over, uh, and it was church rules that was brought over, but nowhere, Genesis to maps, there's no, Genesis to the back of the Bible, there's no word to sprinkle someone. When, when they talked about baptism, it's the Greek word, baptistimo, that literally means to be immersed, to be immersed or to go under. It's to be completely immersed. That's the word. So, so just to understand the word, that's the word. There's no other word for it. That's the Greek word. But there is three baptisms in the Bible. There's three different types of baptisms. And we're going to look at the three different baptisms and, and get to, to the last one is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the first baptism that we get in the Bible is to be baptized into the body of Christ. That's the first baptism. That's your very first step in your spiritual journey. And if you're the note taker tonight, you can, you can just write next to it, that is salvation. When, when, when you decided to follow Christ, when you have decided to accept the gift of salvation, that is when your 
first baptism took place. That is to be baptized into the body of Christ. When you are saved, you're not saved into a religion. That's not what it means. When you, when, you, when you are saved, that is the day that you are baptized in Christ and into his church. That's the first baptism. And 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we all, for we, uh, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, meaning the body of Christ, his church. So when you accept Christ and the gift of salvation, that's your very first baptism, and that is into the body of Christ. Galatians 3, 26, 27 says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of you were baptized into Christ, uh, into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ, meaning you are immersed in Christ. You have clothed yourself with Christ. Your first step into your spiritual walk is when you took that decision to follow Christ and you, you are in relationship with him. It happened to his disciples as well, and, and we're just going to look at the story of their salvation as well. In John 20, Verse 19, it says the following. So when it was evening on that same day, the first day of the week, through the disciples were meeting behind barred doors for fear of the Jews. I love the detail in, in the Bible. Meaning barred doors, meaning locked doors. The Bible tells us the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. If you were standing in a room out of fear, locked doors, out of fear of the Jews, and someone else comes, they know you weren't there, he's coming to stand next to you. What is the first words that you expect? Peace be with you. Why? Because the doors were locked. That's why Jesus said peace be with you. They were, they were fear-ridden. Jesus comes next to you, peace be with you, because they know the doors were locked. Verse 20, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. When his disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with great joy. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me. I also send you as my representatives. Verse 22, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the day of their salvation. You might ask, but Zalvin, how, how is it? They, they've walked with him three years, but he hasn't been crucified yet. He hadn't died for their sins yet. So they were still under the old covenant, but here they've, they've received the Holy Spirit. And when you, uh, when you were saved, you received the Holy Spirit. You weren't baptized yet in the Holy Spirit, but you received the Holy Spirit in you. First baptism. I want to share the same story just out of a, a, a different um, passage. Luke 24, 36 says, while they were uh, talking about this, Jesus himself suddenly stood among them and said, peace be with you. 
verse 49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. Future tense, Jesus speaking in the future tense. They haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. They received the Holy Spirit through the um, baptism in Christ and into the body of Christ, but they have not received, been immersed with the Holy Spirit. Acts, same story. Just want to show you this, and, and we'll come back to this. Acts 1, verse 3 to 5 says the following. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few, di- a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. First baptism is the baptism into the body of Christ. We need to understand that it stands alone. It speaks about our salvation. When we received Christ and the gift of salvation, we were baptized into the body of Christ. Second baptism that you need to know about is water baptism. It's water baptism. And it's a separate experience. It's a separate experience uh, to the first one. Why is it separate? You can't work for the first one. But in the second one, there's some work to do. And water baptism is essential for us as Christians. It is essential. It's our next step in our spiritual journey. Now, there is some teachings out there a couple actually, one that says you need to be water baptized to go to heaven. It's not true. It's not true. And the reason it's not true, otherwise it's your works that get you into heaven and not the work of God. It's not true. Another thing that goes around is is the words that the baptizer says to the baptizee when he got baptized. For some people, that's important. That is not something that gets you in or out of heaven. Imagine, imagine someone baptized you and while you were underwater, they said the wrong things. And one day you die and get to heaven and whoever is at the gate says, oh, sorry, when you were underwater, the person that baptized you said the wrong words. Sorry, you can't come in. (laughs) Imagine that. Some say you have to say you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Others say, say you have to say you, you have to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We'll do all of them, okay? Doesn't matter. We'll cover them all. But we have to take that step. Being baptized doesn't get you into heaven. It does not. That's the first baptism. That is a gift. You can't earn it. But being baptized is important. It's not essential for eternal life, but it is essential for an abundant life. It is essential. And it is your next step in your spiritual journey. There's three baptisms in our spiritual journey as Christians. The one is being baptized into the body of Christ. That is your salvation. You can't earn it. The second one is being baptized and water baptized and and, and 
following Jesus, and it is important to take this journey. In fact, 27 times in the Bible, it's being mentioned that after they received Christ, they got baptized. 27 times, it's important. Acts 2 verse 41 says, those who accepted his message were baptized. Uh, Here's the thing, accepting Christ, accepting Christ is a private matter. It is. That's why at most at every service, we give an invitation for someone to accept Christ. We don't call them to the front. We don't expose them. We, we don't do weird things. But it is important to take that next step because being baptized is like the wedding band of a marriage. It's, it's going public with, I have decided that Christ is my savior. I'm gonna follow him. I'm gonna follow him through the baptism water and I'm gonna proclaim that I am a Christian and I'm gonna be proud of it. It is important and, and, and to, 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 to have that wedding band on. Baptisms and, and water baptisms is our wedding band as Christians. It's, it's saying, hey, I've made a decision for Christ. And it's important to get baptized. Matthew 10, 32 to 33 says, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Hey, it's, it's an important step in our journey to go public with our faith, church. It's important. It's, it, it's, it's a very important, and I want to encourage you. If you haven't been baptized, I'll fill the pool afterwards. Take that step. It's an important step in your Christian journey. And the third baptism, the third baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Remember, the disciples received the Holy Spirit, but they weren't baptized yet in the Holy Spirit. It's, here's a, a better way to, to probably uh, just show it. Being baptized into the body of Christ is like throwing water into a cup. The water is in the cup. You have received the Holy Spirit. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that is throwing that same cup into the ocean. It's being immersed into that. It's, it's throwing that cup into a pool of water. It's, it's, it's completely immersed in that. And, and we see in Scripture all three baptisms. I want to show it to you in Acts 8, verse 5 says the following, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Verse 12, but when they believed, when they believed Philip, As he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 14, when the apostle in Jerusalem, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them uh, that they may, might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received 
the Holy Spirit. Zalman, why, why another experience? Why another experience? See, salvation stands alone. We, we can't work for it. It stands alone. But the other two need some work from our side. And it needs work from outside. And the reason it needs work is because you have a calling on this earth. But to be fully alive and, and, and to live out that calling, you're going to need some power, church. You're going to need God in your life and His power working in your life. Otherwise, it's going to be impossible for you. We need power to make that possible, that calling that he, he called us to live out and, and, and our purpose in this life. You can't live out the purpose of what God has called you to live out without his power. It's important, 1 John 5, 7 to 8, and I want you to see for a last time this three baptisms coming up. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and we know John loved to call Jesus the Word. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And they are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. That's the three baptisms. The first one is blood. Jesus that died for you, his blood. Second baptism, the water. Third baptism, the Holy Spirit, and these three agree as one. And we are all on a spiritual journey. But to be effective church, to be effective Christians, living out our calling, we need to receive all that God has for us. All that God has for us. And I've shared some of my story last week with you uh, about not even being remotely qualified. And, and just the, the discovery that, that I went through that, that without the power of God, nothing in my life is probably possible. I mean, I've shared some, some, some interesting facts with you that, that I don't even like people. But God helped me, and He's still helping me. Uh, and, and we shared about not even being able to, to finish a degree and, and, and struggling with that. And, and it took me 10 years to get a three years degree. How? And just how God used me. And that's my story. Why? Because there were so many blockages in the way, not trusting God and fully, be fully immersed into his power. Why? Because I grew up, frankly, in a church that goes, don't go there. Don't deal with Holy Spirit stuff. It's not good for you. Everything God has for us is good for us, church. Everything that God has for us. And I want to, to just share a bit more of my story in, in, in that sense and being called. Being called into full-time ministry the first year. Hated it. Why? Had to work with people. It's just, and I remember it so vividly, wanting to run from this calling, not wanting to do it. 
not wanting to go to church. I mean, I, I grew up in church. I absolutely loved going to church. I, I just loved it. I loved the people. I loved the coffee afterwards. I just loved it. The, the, the ladies with their hats on and, 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 and just um, doing stuff and underneath the church pews and brothers, brothers were, were at home. I just loved it. Attendance was important for me because it's about attendance and it was about a religious act and not really for Christ, but just loving the institution of it. Until I got called, till I had to work with people, and, and that's not my gift. I knew I, 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 I knew I needed the Holy Spirit. And as I shared last week, and I want to encourage you to go and look at that message. But as I shared, there, there's something happened. There's some shifts that, that, that happened in, in God's call and His power once he, he takes over your life. You will be able to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do. You will achieve things. Why? Because God did not call you as a Christian to live a natural life. He called you into a supernatural life because he wants to partner with you and his Holy Spirit enables you to do things that you never thought was remotely possible. And I never forget it. My, my dad had a, a white that's in 1400 youth um, and, and I got to drive it to church and, and, and I just... The first year of full-time ministry, I hated it, knowing that there's going to be people and they're going to hug you, and it's, it's just the worst. And believe me, I like your hugs. Don't go away and don't, I mean, I, I like it now. God has, has walked a long way with me. Sometimes the flesh take over, but driving this little ute. Zambezi is called the road. They've changed the road name now. There was no cars, nothing, and I just dread it. It's, it's a long 10-kilometer stretch, skipping every red light, just going, uh, just take me out now. I, I, don't, I don't want to. don't want to. Till the 1st of January, 2012, slugging through this process of, of being obedient to the call, slugging till January 2012. I got appointed to church in, in 2011, in the 1st of August, and obviously I'm the first in, so I get all the graveyard shifts after that, and then January the 1st was a Sunday. Now, normally in South Africa, you have a 31st, and a New Year's Eve service, 11 to 10 past 12. I mean, we pray the old, old year out into the new year in. It was fabulous, having a praise party. I mean, the rest is, is going fireworks and we are praising God from the old year out into the new year. So I had to lock up because I'm, I'm, I'm the new guy around. And that's, that morning was a Sunday service. They, they didn't believe in, in just giving us one Sunday off. So, so who had to open up for the guest speaker? I did. Got into bed at 2 a.m. People next to us still partying. I mean, you didn't sleep a lot. Had to be at church at 6 because the band is there. And there was a guy that was ministering that day. His name is Mervis. Uh, a phenomenal worship leader and uh, just a gift of prophecy like I haven't experienced in a long time. 
And he calls, I'm, I'm asleep actually in the service. Just can he finish now? Looking very holy, he calls me out. Hey, never forget it. His words were, were the following. You're going to lead church one day, and it's going to be marked by fervent, passionate, incredible praise and worship. Uh, he doesn't know me. I mean, if I knock at your door, I can't even knock in rhythm. Know nothing about music. Nothing. Don't laugh so hard. I can hear that. <laughs> But that was the prophetic word. Afterwards, I said, you, you have to pray for me. I, I don't know nothing about music, not even leading music, nothing. Planted the church, and, and you know the story, and you can go and watch the video last week, but there's something that happened where I can hear stuff when a band is playing. I don't know how to word it because I don't know the terminology. I had a friend, Gideon de Klerk, an uh, incredible worship leader, um, and, and, and he took a sabbatical, and, and one day I said, this band is together, and I hear something that's not right, but I don't know what to tell them, because I don't know the words. And he came in and, and listened to it, and I said, I want this, and not this, and this, and not that, and, and, and he, he understood me, but, but I couldn't phrase it. And he went to tell the band, and suddenly they got it right. And I still don't know the word, but, but I hear stuff that I never was supposed to hear. I'm not musically attained. But it took me back to a word that Mervis said over my life. And Dad, back home, before we left, gave me my two presents. I never knew he kept it. So the first one is a drawing that I made. I was in year one, seven years old. And he framed it for me. And this is my drawing. It's, it's Jonah. It's Jonah. Sorry. My first year, I was running away from my calling like you never believe it. Running away from what God wants to do in my life. Didn't trust Him. Second drawing. Dad kept it as well. He gave it just before we came. Year two. This is a worship team. I'm not musically, I mean, I can't even tell a bass guitar from an electric, but, oh, it's a bass guitar, right? <laughs> All about the bass, about the bass, no treble, anyway. And it was just, and church back home is marked by incredible music. I hear stuff. If you know my life, you would fall flat on your face and worship God. It, it would not be possible without Him. Why am I telling you this? Because you need the Holy Spirit. 
You have a calling, church. You need God in your life. Ephesians 5.18, and I'm wrapping up. Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. I hope that's the right word. Why? Because our, our lives, we, we, we are going to lead to some kind of sin. We are. We, we, what happens when you get drunk? You get macho. You, you, get, you, get, you get some, um, you, you just, look at me. I'm so good. Uh, uh, suddenly I, I, I have confidence. God says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Meaning there's a supernatural life for you to live out in this life, church. You need to be filled. The question then is how, Zalvin? We know, but how? Quickly going to run through it. And then I'm going to invite you into a space when we end the service just to keep on worshiping and we're going to pray for you. But number one, number one, remove all barriers that, that's in your way. Remove all barriers. The Lord has so much more for you, but our intellect sometimes get in our way. It's not possible. We, we, we're not sure how because we want to rationalize it and, and we want to overthink it. And that's not how God works. We need to move barriers. If, if you want to have all that God has for you, there's some obstacles that you're going to need to move out of the way. And some of you here needs to remove some barriers in your life to receive the Holy Spirit. And not even that, some of you need to remove some barriers just to get baptized. Maybe it was your upbringing, Salvin, but that's not the way I've been taught. That is probably the barrier. Some of you needs to, to, to lead a, a small group, but there's some barriers still in the way preventing you that, to live out all that God has for you. Some of you need some healing in your marriage, but there's some barriers that's still there that needs to be moved out of the way so that you can experience some healing in that space of your marriage. Acts 2.38 says, Peter replied, repent, meaning turn away from that and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all of whom the Lord our God will call. Remove the barriers. Remove that thinking that stops you from receiving the Holy Spirit. Second one, James, you can come up so long. Second one is request the gift of, of the Holy Spirit. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Meaning some of us just need to pray, God, all that you have for me, I want it all. Everything that you have for me, I want it all. Whatever the Holy Spirit has for me, I'll take everything. We need to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then, though you are evil, speaking about us, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to the, your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Request Him. Request the Holy Spirit. He wants you to function supernaturally. Number three, 
receive him by faith. And this is probably the, the area that I normally don't like how God works. Because it doesn't make sense to us. Living in faith doesn't make sense. But as Christians, we're going to have to take that leap of faith. We're going to have to jump in. We're gonna, it's not going to make sense, but we, we have to jump into the unknown area to get the things of God. And I love this prophecy in Ezekiel 47, 3 to 5 says, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. And that's most of our first step as Christians. We accept Christ because of the fire insurance. We don't want to burn in hell. And that's where we stop. We'll just stand there. At least we're going to heaven. But he has so much more for you. He doesn't have just ankle height for you. He's so much more for you. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And I love how it portrays a journey of our Christian faith. I've seen it this last six months. People coming in here worshiping God like this. And, and, and somewhere you, you, you just take, take that leap and, and now it's from the hip and up. You go, yes, God, amen, Lord. And go, because we think everybody looks at us. And I love this, this, this picture because all of us is on a journey. Some is here, some is to the knees, some is already to the hips. And we, we, we go like this and then, but we're starting to trust Him. And I love it that we, we are from different backgrounds trusting God in, in this journey, but we are on a journey and we can't stop at, stop at the ankles or at the knees or at the hips because he says he measured off a thousand, another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He measured another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that uh, no one could cross. And, and that's the picture of us as, as, as Christians. We have to take that leap of faith. God, let your Holy Spirit take me. And I love how it ends at the end of this, this um, verse. It says, and there the river was teeming with life. What a beautiful English word. It was teeming with life. If you want to experience, want to experience fulfillment, you have to trust God and be immersed and be baptized with the Holy Spirit because He has so much more for you. It, it, the first baptism is critical, church. It's life critical that you, that, that, that you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you need to take the next steps in your journey, be baptized, and then receive the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11, 12, uh, 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Are you seeking Him tonight? Are you seeking Him with everything? Are you going to jump in with everything, church? 
He has so much more for you. Why? So that, number four, you can relate to Him daily. I want to end off with this verse. Because I just want to pray this verse over you. We need the Holy Spirit so that we can relate to Him daily. As you close your eyes, I just want to pray this verse over you. In 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 in the message, it says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. As you sitting there, I don't know your story that well, but what I do know is you have a calling. And without God and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to live out that calling. It's impossible to enjoy the fulfillment that He has for us. And my prayer for you is that you will experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And that you will receive Him tonight. But you have to request it. You have to remove all barriers that's there so that you can experience His love and everything that He has for you. So I have two invitations. The one, if you have not received Christ yet, the gift of salvation, the first baptism, I want to pray for you. But then as we end off and close off the service, I've asked a couple of team members in church to pray for everyone that has not received yet the Holy Spirit and been baptized in the Holy Spirit. To pray for you tonight to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So while every eyes is closed and every head is bowed, if you want to take your first step, just accepting Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the gift that He has for you. Will you just quickly raise your hand and let it down? I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Thanks. As a church, I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me and then we're just going to celebrate those who've raised their hands. So just pray after me, everyone, out loud. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank, you thank you for saving my life, for, saving my life, for forgiving my sins, forgiving my sins and dying on the cross for me. Dying on the cross for me. I, declare you I declare you as my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and, Savior. and I accept the gift of salvation. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.